Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Ankur Mittal, uh, the co-founder of Inflection Point Ventures, uh, which is uh, a well-known angel investing firm. Uh, hi Ankur, welcome to ELI. Hi Priya, how are you? I'm doing good, how about you sir? Very well, thanks. Uh, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Sure. Uh, I uh, hope everyone is well. Um, I am one of the co-founders at IPV. Um, I'm a chartered accountant uh, from India. Then I did my MBA from US. Uh, primarily worked in mergers acquisitions, uh, first with City Group in New York, then Francis in London. Um, have been an avid, uh, you know, uh, investing in startups. Started as a hobby, became a passion, and now is my profession. Um, you know. Uh, uh, when I moved back to India, you know, it, it was something which I already, uh, startup investing was, you know, already an established asset class in the West. Um, and I wanted to, you know, continue that journey in India as well. Uh, the challenge was not being from IIT or IIM myself. Uh, my challenge was how to build that network, um, how to ensure that good quality startups come to me and not just the rejects. Uh, and more importantly, uh, how can I sensibly make a good investment decision? Um, when I realized that the existing platforms, uh, nothing wrong with them, but they were not really serving, uh, you know, my investment needs. Uh, that's when Vinay and I, uh, and we, uh, who's my co-founder, and we were investing together into startups, uh, decided to start IPV with a few other people. Uh, and uh, there were nine of us, and now it's being led by three of us. Um, and uh, uh, has in three years, uh, we have become today India's largest uh, investment platform, one of the largest at least. Uh, we have funded uh, over 100 startups, uh, and out of the startups, you know, 50 uh, plus startups which we funded prior to last year, uh, we have uh, you know close to 14, 15 exits, uh, including one unicorn exit. Uh, we have uh, another 17 to 20 in uh, follow-ons. Um, uh, and few, you know, few of them are already into 100 million plus valuation range. Uh, and considering in a lot of them, we invested at a relatively lower valuation, three million or less. Uh, so many of these funds we are sitting at four x or three x plus uh, kind of potential returns, as and when the exits come from them as well. Uh, and uh, uh, one of the reasons for our success is uh, our focus on two very strong things. One is strong upfront due diligence. We are today India's largest CXO platform. So it allows us to get deep, get into you know deep due diligence for any sector, any space. As IPV is a sector agnostic, stage agnostic platform, mm -hmm. it allows us to get in do a strong upfront due diligence and provide stronger post investment support because you know an investor who on our platform is investing maybe just two and a half lakh rupees per startup, but that investor is very committed to that two and a half lakh rupees. That two and a half lakh rupees has been earned by working day and night, uh, staying away from your family kind of an effort, right? And so they are committed to make that two and a half lakh rupees into 25 lakhs. And they know that that will not happen by sitting on your hands, right? So they are very proactive. Um, they, uh, they, you know, they very proactively follow up with the founders, try to help the founders understand their problems, solve for them, build business, build connect, provide strategy, mentorship. Uh, and, 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 and that's briefly, you know, my journey from CA to banking to IPV. 
Okay. Uh, so one of the very interesting questions uh, I have is uh, how do you judge whether a startup is uh, worth investing or not? Uh, in other words, I'm asking uh, when you uh, as an investor evaluate uh, uh, multiple companies, uh, look at their cash flows uh, and you see that uh, this is a company which has a lot of potential. Similarly, uh, if we analyze startups, uh, you don't have many ready-made numbers available, especially at the early stages. How do you as an investor judge a startup uh, worth investing or not? So see, we have developed a, a very strong evaluation process. So we have funded 100 startups. We have evaluated 5,000 startups. And we must have looked at over 20,000 startups to arrive at 5,000 startups that we evaluate. Mm -hmm. We have a investor pool of, uh, we have a selection panel of 40 plus very senior investors handpicked by us from our investor pool who are experts in different areas. So there could be AIML experts, there could be supply chain experts, there could be logistics experts, or there could be tech, you know, people from deep tech, um, right? Founders who have sold their companies, uh, partners at Big Four, right? That's the kind of talent, uh, you know, top law firms, that's the kind of bankers, that's the kind of talent that we have on our platform to just evaluate these startups. They use their holidays, evening commute, morning commute, time to, you know, vote on a startup. A startup which gets a prerequisite number of green votes, then a call is set up with one of the IPV co-founders because a presentation only tells you half the story. The other story is when you meet the founders, mm -hmm. understand their journey. Uh, if we like the startup, we then bring them to present to our investors. Our investors, like I said, are CXOs, family offices, experienced people. Uh, they come prepared. They ask some very probing questions to our founders. Uh, and then we solicit feedback from our investors. If there is a strong interest from the investors, then we conduct a extensive due diligence, which is typically three weeks, uh, which takes to about uh, you know two to three weeks. And uh, for that, we have developed a proprietary scorecard, which looks at any startup over hundred plus variables. Um, and that you know scorecard is shared with all our all our investors. Um, tomorrow, when a startup is successful or not successful. Everybody can go back to the scorecard and see what did IPV pick up fine and what did IPV could not pick up. And we definitely value it. Okay. Um, so what we have done is that while people say that startup investing is a lot of gut, what we have done is we have tried to put a lot of science and processes behind arriving at those decisions. Uh, because what we feel is while nobody can guarantee success, the more prepared you are, uh, you can chip away the reasons of failure and thereby improving your chance of success. And that's the process we follow. Now, if it's an early stage business where you don't have a lot of cash flow, right? See founders, whether it's a late stage or early stage, founders will be the most important criteria uh, that we judge a uh, startup on. But the earlier the startup in the journey, right? The less information is available. And therefore, the importance of founders increases even more or the sector and the space they are in even more. And therefore, those are the areas we focus more. Um, if the business is a little bit late stage, then we will actually look into the operations of the business and see what has been able to execute. Uh, what are the shortcomings? So again, you know, it can be a science. It's not just all art. Mm. Uh, would be very curious to learn about the journey of uh, Inflection Point Ventures. Uh, uh, being a uh, angel investor personally is a different thing. 
but building a organized setup to invest in multiple startups and again bringing together a pool of investors is a, a difficult task tell us a bit about how it all happened over time yeah so like i said right when i started my journey as a uh, investor startup investor in india um, you know i realized that uh, what used to happen was either one person somebody fairly you know uh, big and experienced in the startup space will say i'm investing in this startup and then other people will co-invest with the, that person um, and uh, you know we we didn't really understand the space of the industry that well uh, and then we didn't have a lot of chance to ask the, those questions to the founders um, and uh, that's the process that didn't sit with us well um, so instead of just you know saying that oh well it's not very organized we just decided to do something about it um, and uh, we decided to set up uh, ipv um, but you know we don't take half measures uh, when we you know we we were sure what we want to do so while today we have you know almost like you know a lot of very big family offices uh, vcs uh, pe's in co-investing with us investing after us actively working with us but we were very you know uh, you know we were very fixated on starting and building india's largest cxo platform okay. uh, and that it helped that vine who is our founder used or, or still runs one of the most evolved cxo platforms in the country today so these are all the people who first joined ipv um, they understood our processes you know uh, the due diligence we are trying to do so we were trying to do something new and unique onto the uh, you know in the startup world which people had not done before they understood that pro process they invested with us they liked it and then they brought in their platform and that's how today we have over 5000 investors on our platform to more than 2000 have are, are actively investing with us and more than 1000 have done their first angel investment with us mm -hmm. um, have there been growth pains we are probably growing faster than any other startup <laughs> so yes there are growth pains uh, but we are you know also one of the only platforms which uses a crm like salesforce we have built our proprietary app tech you know uh, so we are also making it a lot of digital first so for example from day one when we set up in 2018 we started with all the investor presentations on zoom calls okay right so we were using zoom before it became fashionable to use use zoom mm -hmm. and similarly when the pandemic hit instead of slowing down what we realized was that for the first time there will be a lot of cxos sitting at home and not knowing what to do this is the best time to educate them about mm -hmm. angel investment and so we doubled down our efforts in doing master classes bringing the best angel investors onto our platform to talk to our investors and so from 300 investors with which we started the year 2020 we are today at 5000 plus investors largely because ipv is both a angel investment platform as well as a learning platform and we are making it easier for people to collectively take an informed decision and then using the power of collective investing to negotiate better terms with these startups uh, helping these startups and then connecting them to the vcs pe's to generate exit for our startups uh, to our, uh, for our startups as well as the founders uh, investors okay. um can you also throw some light on how does it work operationally uh for uh found for a founder and uh, for a uh angel investor uh as in uh, uh whether an in, uh, investor invests in one company or multiple companies simultaneously to diversify the portfolio and for a founder does it raise uh, does he raise from one angel or multiple angels how does it work excellent 
So see, we have democratized process both on the side of angel uh, startups as well as the founders. So let's start with startups first. Sure. Any startup can come to our website and submit their deck via our startup contact us section. And from there, it gets picked up by a selection panel about which I spoke earlier. Okay. Fairly democratic, uh, democratic process. Even if my wife wants to tomorrow raise any funding for, uh, you know, she decides to start a startup and wants to raise funding, she has to go through that process. We have not changed the process for anybody. Mm. Uh, there was a startup that came to us, uh, which was apparently in the market for about one and a half years trying to raise funding. Nobody was touching the, with the barge pole, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they came to the, uh, they, they submitted their deck. We really liked it. Uh, one year later, many of our investors have already got 6x exit in that startup. Uh, and a uh, few of them will, uh, you know, who have stayed on will probably end up getting uh, a higher multiple as well, uh, you know, in some time uh, in future. Um, so that will get democratized. Now, uh, for our angel investors also, similarly, go to our website, fill up the form and our RMs will be in touch. Or simply go to Google Play Store or Apple Store, download Inflection Point Ventures app and register and somebody from our team will be in touch. Um, and guide you through the process. Now, the we have two ways of investing on a platform. One is we are also a, a SEBI registered category one angel fund. So you can become part of our AIF fund uh, and you can then you can all come together and collectively invest through the AIF fund. Uh, and then that's a single captable entry on the startup. Mm. Or if that is not a preferred method for you because either you're not eligible or you know for any other reason, uh, then you can also invest directly onto the cap table of the company. Uh, even if you're directly investing on the cap table of the company, we understand the pains of the founder. We don't want them to chase our 50 investors for signing, for short consent notice, uh, confirmation, for mm-hmm. you know a lot of the negative rights that we hold confirmation on those. So our investors uh, execute a GPO in our favor, uh, which allows us to execute the agreements on their behalf. So we have built processes which are investor-focused but founder-friendly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, a big part of angel investing is also about mentoring the founders and supporting them and building network. So how does that work? Uh, how do the angel investors interact with the founders? Absolutely. So see, again, we are again respectful of the time of our founders. So it's not like, you know, we just expose the numbers and the contact address details of our founders to the investors. And our investors are also all professionals, experienced investors, they understand that. What we've done is we've created again a very evolved process. Um, after investment, we understand from the founders what are the areas they need help on. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what are the areas that they will need uh, help on? And then we reach out to our investors and we tell them, okay, these are the specific areas where the founder needs help, which person wants to help them. And the investors, depending on their area of expertise, time on their hand, willingness to help, they will raise their hands, we will connect them. And what we will do is we will create a small group where the these investors, the founder and the founding team, the other members of the founding team of the startup all work together towards a common goal of making the startup a success. Then every quarter we bring these in startup founders back, come back and meet our investors who have invested in their startup, where we not only evaluate the performance, we can we understand the areas where the startup wants to go, the help they need. And again, it's an opportunity for these investors to raise their hand uh, and offer their help. Uh, and uh, sometimes they proactively do it. Sometimes, you know, we will request certain people who we know are experts in that area to also help guide mentorship, uh, you know, provide to the startups. At IPV, we have also built a big expert panel, uh, you know, we have, you know, where we have the industry leaders 
people who provide uh, guidance on say logistics or digital marketing or fundraising or hiring or strategy, right? Uh, these, these topics. Um, so we have created an expert panel, and there's you know their experience and guide is, uh, guidance is available to the founders. Uh, and now we are going forward and inviting these stalwarts of different sectors like agri-tech and fintech and health tech and bringing in some industry leaders to also become part of our platform uh, to further enhance uh, the guide, guidance and mentorship for our startups. Because we truly believe in the word angel investing. Angel investing doesn't mean just putting in the money. It also means working with the founders to uh, make it a success. Okay. Uh, uh, moving on to the next section, which I call is a layman uh, founders questions to investors. So uh, uh, as a new founder uh, who has not raised uh, any funds, uh, a typical founder would have some set of questions about how does the investment process works. So uh, uh, next few questions should be around that. Can you tell us as a founder, when should I raise funds from, for my venture? you should raise funds only when you have to don't raise funds because it's available uh zeroda founders never raised money right because they never needed to so you should be very clear why you want to raise funds and from who you want to raise funds the color of the capital matters right i tell my founders do not come to me or do not come to ipd if you only want capital today there is liquidity in the market there will be other platforms which will just provide you capital we like to deeply work and engage with our founders and work together so come to us when you want the entire process and not just one part of it which is the capital right uh, as to when it's again a function so if you are let's say for example in a pre-product stage well only raise that much money that you need to test out the product uh, build the product and do the initial testing um, you know, then comes the growth stage, then comes the expansion stage, right? So, uh, like I said, if you can bootstrap all the way through, nothing like it. If you cannot and you need external capital, just be very careful of why you want to raise capital and from who you want to raise capital. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next question. As a founder, how should I decide that uh, uh, how much equity to give in exchange in exchange of how much capital again you know how much equity you will give for the capital you raise in a way decides your valuation right, right. so if i want to raise two crores and i want to only dilute 20 percent, then i'm basically saying my valuation is eight crore pre and 10 crore post um, now the question is is somebody willing to invest at 10 crores or eight crores pre is somebody willing to invest because at the end of the day uh, you know, it's a matching of supply and demand, right? Uh, so what I tell my founders is that, yes, you should not get significantly diluted, uh, you know, in the earlier rounds. And therefore, again, you should be very careful when to raise, how much to raise and from who to raise. That goes back to the previous question. Uh, but if you have to raise, right, if it is important for the survival and growth of your business, then don't look at dilution. Dilution is important because it defines the skin in the game. If you're very passionate about the startup, the next round investors will understand your passion, your focus on the startup. They will see you don't really care about personal gains. You are more concerned about making business big and that's why you've taken certain decisions that you took. Right? Um, so uh, then it's not a function of your dilution. Um, so uh, 
there are a lot of factors that will go. Typically, you will end up diluting 15 to 20% in every round you raise. And uh, that's just an industry standard. If you can get away with lower, great. But if you have to do higher, you should not raise just because you can't, you don't want to dilute that much because then you're not being honest to your business. If the business needs money, you need to give business the money. Then don't care about your dilution. Right. Uh, speaking of valuation, uh, can you tell us what are the different metrics that are considered uh, for a startup uh, uh, for valuation um, and when I say that just the uh, uh, revenue and uh, profit cannot be a number for a startup so what metrics to focus on and how do as a founder I get a maximum valuation for my venture uh, see there will be different key performance indicators for every business uh, even if it is users right I just don't look at number of users I would look at user stickiness and I would look at user consumption because if you're only looking at number of downloads and not the user interaction, usage, postage, then you're basically just fooling yourself and the investors, right? Um, today, there are several bots, several organizations who can help you just increase the number of downloads, increase the number of followers, right? So it doesn't count for much. In the end, what matters is what you're trying to build and whether what problem you're solving and whether people whose problem it is solving, whether they are using your app or not, or using your product or not. At the end of the day, that's what really matters. Okay. So if you are an early stage business, pre-product, pre-revenue business, then of course, you know, uh, using any revenue metric would not make sense. And so therefore you will look at other factors like users, interactions, stickiness, churn rate, and also how much you want to raise and how much you're willing to dilute for it. So these all factors come into the valuation. When it comes to maximizing valuation, well, to be able to maximize valuation, you should be able to present your business in a very good manner. Be very, you know, you should be able to answer some fundamental questions very well. What problem are you solving? Why are you solving this problem? Uh, you know, so, what problem you're solving for who you are solving, right? Will those people pay for this solution? Right. Okay. Uh, these are all the questions. If you can answer, then yes, the investors will also be willing to give you some good valuation. Okay. Uh, once the investment has been raised, uh, then uh, you are on a rocket ship. You have to give, uh, returns to the investors uh, by doing uh, work and growth uh, but sometimes what happens uh, investors uh, uh, disagree with the way founder is operating in the company and uh, conflict arises uh, so how would you recommend uh, to the founders to handle conflict uh, with the investors see the conflict arises if the investors are not kept informed. And so the first thing I will tell the founders is keep your investors informed. They have trusted you with their hard-earned money, right? Uh, they believe in your dreams. Uh, they are participating in your success and failure. Mm -hmm. So the biggest mistake I think founders commit is they consider investors as a necessary evil. 
oh, you know, I have to raise money, therefore I need investors, therefore I have to comply with this, all this MIS and all this. They treat it as a responsibility. No, that's not a good attitude. If somebody is believing in you, if somebody is investing in you, if somebody is supporting you, then they are entitled to know things in advance, know how you are doing. At the same time, I don't like investors who interfere too much into the founder's work. If you have put money in the founder, you have trusted the founder, then let them work. If they will keep replying to your query and keep talking to you, when will they do the business? Right? So again, at IPV, we have created processes where we strike a balance between the time, you know, and maximize the time that the founders invest with the investors so that there is a good communication. The founder, the investors are kept informed. At the same time, there is no wastage of founders' time. But if you will, if, if a startups, you will not do that. If you will not keep your investors informed, then the conflict will arise. And that is never good for the business. Uh, you are all working together. If you're not talking to each other, if you are not helping each other, then you will not get, you will, you will waste too much time dealing with all these queries and everything, which could have been spent better uh, in running the business. So avoid that to begin with by having good communicative skills upfront, establish the communication needs, and then live up to those communication requirements. Uh, when COVID, uh, the first wave of COVID hit, uh, many of the uh, founders and the uh, many of the stakeholders in uh, startup community started talking about the runway how much runway you have uh, as a venture to survive this uh, 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 pandemic. So can you advise us on uh, how much runway should a startup uh, plan uh, to survive any kind of disruptions to industry? See, whenever a startup comes to me to raise for money, I tell them to raise money for at least 12 plus months, uh, if possible, 18 months, or at least be able to convert that 12 months runway into an 18 months runway if push comes to the shop. Uh, and the reason is because it will take you time to deploy capital, hire a team, build product, take it to the market, test it out, revise it, take it back to the market, right? And only then you will be able to go to the next investor. Now, even if you know there is a ready investor, it will take two to four months for the process to close because due diligence will happen, legal documentation will happen and the later the round, the longer it takes to close. In the meantime, what you don't want is you don't want your growth to start getting affected because you are not able to raise funds. Okay. So be very realistic in your estimates. The business plan is not a futile exercise. It's a very relevant and important exercise. It guides you how you need to run your business. So actually just don't outsource the building of model. You may not know how to work on Excel. You may not know how to work with numbers, but you need to understand your business, work with whoever is working on your business model, understand your sources and usage of cash, understand your inside out of the runway, high salaries, hiring, fixed expenses, variable expenses, right? Understand all of this and be very honest with yourself while building the business plan where, where often I find founders miss the you know miss the trick is where when i start questioning them on the business model right it's very clear they didn't build the they built they didn't build the business model but even worse they didn't even bother to check what is there they didn't understand the numbers they couldn't explain me how your revenue will come here you know how is your revenue related to your cost you know how will your hiring impact your revenue you know 
and when you don't have those control over the numbers you will hire recklessly you will fire recklessly you will you know do experiments that you know will lose you a lot of money um, and then you will be short of runway uh as a investor you make a lot of investment decisions and some of the decisions uh uh turn up becoming failures so uh as a investor how do you deal with uh, ventures or uh, investment decisions that didn't work out for you see it's a part and parcel of the investment game uh i don't think the most successful investor in the world will have a 100% successor right every biggest vc will have a failure and anti portfolio some startups they passed which have become very successful and some startups they invested which didn't turn out to be that successful that's a part and parcel of every investor story beyond the point you can't be too hard on yourself for the startups not working well every failure teaches you like i have a belief what doesn't kill you makes you stronger for us that is where our scorecard is very relevant for example one startup that failed right we revisited our scorecard so so far in ipv there has been only one failure out of our 100 startups we revisit our scorecard and we saw what did we miss and uh, we understood those reasons and then that improved our analysis for future deals right uh, we also are constantly in touch with the founders part of their journey and therefore you know uh, we will start getting ideas earlier that okay the startup is not doing well hmm. so the startup is not doing well we try alternatives so for example in one of our startups which was not doing well we still realized that the product that they have built is very strong and therefore we were able to sell that product to a very large publicly listed company and still able to generate some returns for our investors hmm. right um in the startup that failed we provided exit to our invest investors so that they could at least book losses against the other gains they had made through us so even a loss making startup was able to save them some taxes against their gains so even a loss making startup was able to recover some of your you you could recover some of your cash because of the uh, you know tax you could save uh, because of that uh, startup so in the end you know what we make sure is that startups will fail right but they they should not fail for the lack of intent and commitment so that is where we should work we work very hard with our startups to make sure that they succeed but if they don't succeed we work very hard with these startups to try to see whatever capital we can return back to our investors at the same time protect the founders interest as well okay uh what would you say is the meaning of entrepreneurship for, for you how would you define the term entrepreneur well you know in a very layman's term it is somebody you know who has taken the most difficult decision to work for themselves it's very easy to work for somebody else you know and you can pack your bags on friday evening go for a drink and you know it's a monday's problem mm-hmm. right uh healthy paycheck you know you can work for a large company good visibility everything uh entrepreneur decides to walk the road less travel uh they are willing to give away the comfort of a steady paycheck you know uh comfortable life uh and try in their zeal to build something big and so then it is not just limited to the two three four people who have started the startup it is all the people who have joined them in the earlier stage of their journey um and so they are they are also entrepreneurs because they've all taken the same risk 
to achieve similar goals. They have a common vision towards the all work. And to me, all of those people are entrepreneurs. Um, they have they, they they have set out themselves. They have they have actually backed themselves. So the entrepreneurs are the people who more than anybody else back themselves to succeed. Okay. Uh, the final question uh, I have for you is uh, the interesting lessons that you have learned. If you can share uh, all the uh, life-changing lessons uh, that you have learned through your journey as an entrepreneur and investor, uh, which we can take away and apply to our lives. See, who am I to tell you my learnings and what you should do and what you shouldn't do? Okay. Uh, what I what I do believe is you learn something every day. And anyone and everyone has the potential through their actions, through their words, teach you, okay? Uh, it could be my seven-year-old son, or it could be a 65-year-old investor. So for example, I asked one of our investors who was, you know, people say, oh, investing in startups is, you know, somebody who's 40, 30, right? you know, 60 plus, it's probably, you know, they want to invest in safe startups, right? And I met a, you know, I spoke to a founder of mine, an investor of mine, he's 60 plus, and he's a prolific investor. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, why do you invest in startups so heavily? And he said, listen, I'm at a stage, I'm retired. My kids are well settled. They don't need my money. Um, and what IPV does is every Saturday, every Wednesday, I come, I listen to the founders. I listen to these young guys, uh, you know, brave guys who are trying to do something different. I try to understand what problems they are solving. I then go back, do my own research to see, okay, how big is this problem? Is it really a good solution? And then I wait for your due diligence. And then I see if whether my learning and your learning match or not. And for me, it has now gainfully engaged me. So I know by investing in IPV, my most startups will succeed than fail. But even if they don't, I'm still learning a lot. And therefore, I invest a lot. Because mm. for me, it is learned, right? So lesson learned, never judge people, never make assumptions that, you know, only these people can invest and these people cannot invest and this age can invest and this age cannot invest, right? Second thing is preconceived notion. Okay, if this person is a CEO or such a super angel, this person will be of great help and this person will not be of a great help. No. Give everybody a fair chance to help you respect every investor who is investing in you big or small just because somebody has written one crore doesn't make them any more valuable than a person who has written you two and a half lakh rupees. maybe that person can help you even more with their experience network connects right so biggest is do not come with any preconceived notion and the only one thing i tell all my founders is listen to everybody but take your own informed decision because in the end you will be the biggest success. You know, you will be your own biggest success and you will be the own biggest loser. We would have all invested some time and some money. You have invested your time of your life. You've taken a career break. You have spent time away from your family. You have lived in hardship and you, are, you have put your sweat, tears, hard work into building a business. If it becomes successful today, you will be the biggest success, right? We will only be a small part of your success. But if we lose, we lose small money, small time. You will lose few years of your life. So, but listen to everybody. Do not, you know, strike a balance between, oh, I know everything and I know nothing. Well, 
uh, i think it was a great uh, learning experience uh, hearing you uh, and it was a pleasure also to have you here at tli thanks uh, for your time ankur and our best wishes for inflection point ventures pleasure is all mine uh, thank you everyone uh, thank you priya bye bye